Welcome to the Free Speech Union Podcast. I'm Dane Giroux. This episode is a special report to announce a little bit of unfortunate breaking news, and that is that the Feminism, Advocacy and Free Speech lecture with Daphne Whitmore at AUT has, for now at least, been cancelled. Now, the reason being that this was meant to be a union meeting that we were allowing to be open to non-union members, and for some reason uh, that meant for them that they didn't want us to proceed. Now, we know the real reason. (laughs) Daphne is associated with Speak Up for Women, that many activists have mischaracterized as an anti-trans group. Now, we saw activity on our Facebook page from activists stating openly that they were going to be contacting uh, people at AUT to try to get this event cancelled, and surprise, surprise. So anyway, I'll hand it now to uh, Free Speech Union spokesperson Jonathan Ayling just to um, give us a, a, a bit more background to, to this, because it, it, it's quite a complex affair, isn't it? There's a few threads to this with us being a union, wanting to get onto a campus and so forth. So first off, uh, welcome for coming onto the podcast today, Jonathan. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, look, this is complicated in some ways, but it's also really simple. The Free Speech Union exists to protect Kiwis' speech rights. And in New Zealand at the moment, opposition to free speech is coming principally from our universities. Our uh, seminal research uh, two weeks ago on academic freedom reveals that there's a lot of pressure put on staff at universities to maintain the status quo and orthodoxies. And we see that more and more there is a culture that is at best suspicious of, but often just outright antagonistic against free speech. And so what we wanted to do was hold um, union meetings at universities across the country to uh, promote our work, to meet with our members, and to recruit new members. And, And this is the core function of unionism. That is why we registered as a union under the Employment Relations Act, Uh, in order to be able to organize with employees to ensure that they are aware of their rights as it comes to free speech and that they are able to organize in such a way that forces uh, employers to respect those rights. And and what we see here is uh, this perspective that, well, you're not the sort of union we thought you would be, and so uh, you don't get to play by those rules. And really, that just doesn't cut it. We, we're holding this event, uh, and, and, and Section 20 of the Employment Relation Act outlines a number of criteria. We're doing it to meet with our members, to recruit new members, and to you know pr- display the value of our work. And they simply go, well, we don't accept that that is a union meeting as according to the purposes of the act, so we won't uh, let you come. And, and and frankly, it's not good enough to me. We, they are just proving the point that, that this is about bigotry. It's about intolerance. It's about the content of what our speaker was going to be addressing, which is her experience being supported by this union. And in our day and age, people don't want it. The, the, the higher-ups, those that are lobbying at this university don't want it. And, and I think Kiwis need to uh, uh, accept that this is a critical juncture for the cultural direction of our nation. And if we allow situations like this to simply pass us by, uh, free speech will be dead in the water before long. Daphna Whitmore is actually with us today. So uh, kia ora, Daphna. Hi, Dane. So what were you going to speak about? Let's talk a little bit about your um, planned speech. 
Well, uh, somewhat ironically, it was about being cancelled and it was about the experience that Speak Up for Women, uh, a women's organisation, had in trying to get discussion around proposed legislation. So we wanted to have a public discussion about a law change that was imminent and that was from 2018 through to last year. So that involved uh, a lot of campaigning and every time we tried to organise public meetings, we found ourselves cancelled. The venues cancelled, poster campaigns taken down. Uh, Yeah, a whole range of uh, issues we struck was cancellation was a major thing. And it was particularly disturbing because this is about legislation. So if we're not allowed to discuss laws being changed, what sort of democracy would we be living in? The whole bring, bringing our status as a union and whether it's a union meeting and everything else like that into it is um, just slimy, isn't it, really? Because we know exactly why they have cancelled this event. Uh, on our Facebook page, like I said earlier, there was a, a lot of uh, people openly stating that they're going to speak to the powers that be and they're going to get this cancelled. You know, there, there are people out there on the campus who honestly think that they have the right to veto anyone they disagree with. That's where we've got to as a society. That's right. And, and look, there's, there's a pathologizing of speech and sentiment which you disagree with that leads certain communities to feel that simply being presented with a contrary pers- perspective is uh, to be persecuted or, or mentally assaulted or, or victimized. And and really the, the very purpose of free speech is to allow for differences, which no matter how hard we try, will inevitably emerge without resorting to force. And 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 those who oppose other speech right now contend that speech is harmful and their safety is jeopardized and individuals are literally hurt by ideas they don't accept. And and it's it's so infantile. Uh, what we know is that lecturers at AUT have caused a, a, a real stir on this issue. And while the administration there is hiding behind um, vague disagreements around legislative wording, they cannot give us a reason why we should not be allowed to have our event. I've said many times, you must provide me with the reason why you are cancelling this event. And they can't. And it just shows that they don't want to admit that they are under pressure by a censorous, woke um, minority who are afraid of letting people have open discussions. Well, there's another aspect to this that that I think is worth um, tapping on as well. You know, reading the comments on our um, Facebook thread where where people were were saying that they were going to um, get us cancelled, you say, you know, that they consider ideas to be harmful. None of the ideas that they suggested would be shared uh, this evening are ideas that Speak Up for Women have ever expressed. Um, uh, one individual said, you're going to be debate, debating my existence. Um, uh, well, Daphne, can you add clarity on this? Do you debate whether some people should exist or not at these meetings? Of course not. I mean, it, that's just such a ridiculous statement that um, it, it, it's – an attempt to silence people, actually. It's not It's not a serious contention. In fact, Speak Up for Women were supporting the status quo, so no change to the legislation, which allowed people to change the sex on their birth certificate. But they had to show that they were genuine about it, and it wasn't really open to abuse. 
So uh, the contentious piece of legislation was that you didn't have to do anything. You could just declare that you were the opposite sex and change your birth certificates. And we had concerns for women's rights in terms of safety, dignity, fairness. Um, but the whole the whole ideology that is behind this sort of thinking, which you know Jonathan rightly points out, this woe is part of wokeness, is that you're not allowed to have a debate. And I think it's because it it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. And um, the t- same tactics that the university has used this time is what we experienced uh, over that, that period of sort of 2018 to 2021, where um, in our case it was city councils who were cancelling us, and they very often didn't give any concrete reasons at all. It was usually the case that just a handful of people had complained. Mm, that's right. Uh, very, very, very small numbers of people, nothing substantial. We weren't given proper right of reply. You know, if there were, were real concerns, then they should have approached us and said, well, these are the complaints, or at the very minimum, given us a summary of the complaints. And that sort of thing never happened. Uh, the Health and Safety Act was sort of weaponized and misused. And that was one of the things that when it, when finally we went to court with the support of the Free Speech Union, and we won in the High Court an injunction against um, uh, Palmerston North City Council. It was also against uh, Auckland City Council, but they um, sort of realised the way things were going and we were able to negotiate a settlement with them. But, yeah, so in the in the High Court decision, it was our lawyer argued that the Health and Safety Act was being misused um, in the justifications being made, and they were trying to apply it for, from outside the workplace. And I would argue that probably in this case too, the Employment Relations Act is being misused because union rights are actually very broad, and union meetings um, cannot be – the content of a union meeting cannot be dictated by the employer. The employer doesn't get to set the agenda or to decide what you discuss at a union meeting. Now, just going back to the whole point of them not wanting a debate and wanting to cancel debate. Now, if if they can say you're going to debate whether some people uh, should be existing or not, which we know is just absolutely off off the planet and, and, and a lie, a lie. Um, but well, actually, that's the thing: is it a lie, or do they believe it? But because they won't engage, they they all think that you know you guys hold these views, but they've just got no clue what you what views you actually hold because they're not engaging at this point. So are these smears? Do they know they're they're lying, or or do they genuinely think uh, you think that way because they don't engage anymore? Probably all of the above. I, I imagine there are some people who actually really have drunk the Kool Aid and, and believe believe their own propaganda and um, there are other people who are probably just cynically trying to shut down hearing other viewpoints that they disagree with. I do not think this is a very sturdy long-term strategy for the trans community. And I think some of these activists who, who are basically trying to, you know, win a culture war by um, censoring everyone and making, you know, just absolutely shutting down the debate at, at every turn. Uh, how does it end well for that community? But it's, it's not just that community, Dane, and I think you make a really important point there. No 
censorious regime, no matter whether it's a cultural one or a religious one or a political one, no censorious regime can endure without resorting to violence. Because in order to stop people from having discussion, stop people from going, hang on a second, that's inconsistent, or that doesn't line up, or simply that's not true. You know, you're saying these people are going to say that they, they disagree we should exist. They're not doing that. What's up with that? No regime is able to maintain control without then resorting to cracking down on people who want to debate issues. And while today it is it is simply being excluded from access to a public venue, which we also had a commercial arrangement with the university to use, there's been no reference whatsoever to why they would cancel that. Um, today, it, it might just be a union meeting, but in the future, as people have the audacity to think independently and to ask questions, censorist regimes will either fall themselves or they will become violent. And that is really, really concerning. And I think some people may think I'm being inflammatory or I'm provocative or dramatic there, but but just look overseas, look in history. Unless we have the right to disagree with each other, the right to question complex issues, we cannot help but resort to violent means. And and, and the, the basic reason for this is really clear. People who uh, are censorous and want to shut down questions subconsciously believe that if everyone speaks the same way, everyone will think the same way. And as long as they think the way I think, everyone will be right. <laughs> Yet it, it, it is clear to anyone who has spent more than a few hours with children or with a teenager that perf- a perspective silenced is not a perspective changed. On the contrary, more often than not, suppressed ideas make individuals maintain them more strongly. Isn't it the duty of a university to allow ideas to flourish and to have contested ideas? Yeah, and that that's traditionally been their role as well. And have we decided that we're all happy about that that changing and that not being okay on universities anymore? I would strongly suggest that the majority of people would like to keep universities as a place where you do have an exchange of ideas. And especially at a time when so many people go to universities, we have a lot of graduates now. And so the ideas that are coming out of universities, it's really important that they're not a sort of monocultural idea, that there is a proper mixing and um, exchange of different viewpoints so that you can actually have a productive exchange of thought. Sorry, I, I also think it's a terrible, terrible um, idea for management to be humoring the most censorious people on a campus. I mean, these would be the most fascistic, intolerant, censorious people. And and these are the people that have got the ear of management in a way that no other group really can sort of rely on or expect. So why would you do that? I mean, to me, it feels like you're making your job so much harder. If these people were going to management and management were saying, no, this is a university, it will proceed. If if, If they were getting that answer three, four times, they'd protest outside these uh, lectures or whatever, and that would be fine. Or they may, they may even decide to engage. They may start to engage if they see that cancelling isn't bearing any fruit for them. And, and lo and behold, when, when, when these discussions get to go ahead, 
the the quote unquote victimized community surprisingly doesn't actually turn into a puddle on the floor. They either maintain the arguments and prove that the point that they're making is correct, or often they learn. Definitely, there was a. Um, I think it was one of the spe- uh, uh, speeches or or or. or um events that you had because they weren't really speeches were they they were events that you were having in in Christchurch where um some activists actually came in um and it, it wasn't it was actually quite a productive meeting in the end can can you talk us through that yes well everything was yeah that was the the first of our national meetings which we were holding in 2021 we'd had meetings the previous year but uh the first council that cancelled us was Christchurch City Council so at the last minute we had to find another venue and it was found um, you know some people complained about to the new venue managers and they looked at our website and they looked at Speak Up's uh, press releases and they thought oh these people seem okay they're not hateful bigots at all no it's fine go ahead with your meeting so we had the meeting in Christchurch and some uh, opponents turned up and we said, come come on in, you know, attend the meeting, you're most welcome. And they sat through the meeting, raised a few points at the end. There was no major hostility, uh, wasn't a huge, big um, argy-bargy or anything. It was completely fine. We had a similar experience in Nelson because Nelson City Council didn't cancel our meeting. It went ahead. Uh, People who were opposed to it held a demonstration across the road. We had made it clear we would allow some, you know, to attend the meeting if they wanted. I don't think anybody did. But, yeah, those were two examples where it worked out slightly differently. One was a sort of demonstration outside and one was they attended the meeting. Both cases were fine. Do you know what, do you know what really struck me just now? I, I know the basic arguments of speak up for women, right? And, you know, people can agree or disagree with them and that's completely fine. But, and I agree too that speech can harm and and, and it needs to harm because uh, institutions and, and, and so forth need to be harmed often for progress. So that's why um, we need free speech and, 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 and yes, uh, words have power. But Lexi Matheson, who is a lecturer at um, AUT and a, a trans woman is on our thread saying you people uh, want to argue my existence. That strikes me as harmful to a young trans person to read. If they were going to read that and think there is a group out there dedicated to my destruction, right? because that's what Lexi wants you all all to think, that to me is really harmful speech. That's Mm -hmm. only going to mess with the head of a young person who has identity issues and is struggling. So uh, I think there's a real irony in there, and I think people like Lexi probably need to have a good look in the mirror, to be perfectly honest, because if they want to know where the monsters are, they might be closer to home than they think. Well, the, the key thing about Speak Up for Women, we, we were always very clear that we could see there was a contest um, of ideas that was needed, and also we needed to recognise that sometimes there's a clash of rights. 
So I might, you know, people might want to be able to drive at one speed and other people disagree with that and not everybody ends up happy. But what do you do when, when there is a, a idea where um, rights do conflict sometimes? Um, we need to work our way through them if they involve legislation different parties to the legislation need to be able to have a say so that sensible, workable laws can be brought in. Otherwise, we're going to get into a deep mess. But, of course, nobody's existence was ever up for debate. That wasn't it at all. We were very clear about it. We were simply talking about a desire to maintain a few female-only spaces where it was clearly necessary especially with a piece of legislation that was going to do away with the traditional safeguards. Yes, yes. Um, so, Jonathan, where to from here? Is anything going to ha- Is it going to proceed next Tuesday? Where are we at? Well, th- this is what's called the Streisand effect. Uh, once you try and censor something, it becomes a lot more prominent and a lot more people end up looking at it than ever would have beforehand. And I think our supporters are going to be far more interested in this um, union meeting series that we're holding at university events across the country. And the public at large will hear about it a lot more because a handful of woke censors tried to shut us down. The fact of the matter is we have a right to hold a union meeting. We uh, gave notice to the university, uh, to AUT, uh, two months ago. And so we will be going ahead with that. And uh, I think um, AUT will regret making such a big deal out of this. We're, we're, if they had just let us meet, we probably would have had our discussion, we would have moved on. And yet uh, this really just makes the point for us. That's right. So we'll, we'll keep you updated. I mean, it's going to be upon us very quickly, people, um, uh, early next week. So keep uh, looking at our social media pages for updates. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll uh, definitely keep you in, t- in the loop as to how, how everything goes down. So thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Daphna. Pleasure. Cheers, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Free Speech Union podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or find out how you can get involved or support, you can head on over to fsu.nz or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Ka kite anō.